Save that for the archives. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome into the roundabout roundtable. Excuse me. Bill Priestley here with Tony Movie, Zach Stringer. I've lost my train of thought. Um, guys, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more of a serious subject here, revenue declines and uh, what we've seen here in first quarter 2023. We've had, uh, Tony, you put together some numbers here for us. Let's go ahead and run uh, to this uh, to this little chart here of what we've seen here. Truckload. Uh, this is uh, basically six companies you picked out that have already released earnings so forth, and this is truckload exclu- excluding fuel, quarter over quarter change, and then year over year change there as well. And uh, there's a little bit of an anomaly with several of these. Obviously, uh, you can see some massive numbers. For instance, Heartland had uh, you know some acquisitions. Yeah. JB Hunt, if you look more at their dedicated, it's going to be more in line with the others. But um, when you look at these numbers, and again, averaging out all the way across about an, an an 8% drop, which is significant. Yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise. Uh, I mean, you start looking at, at rates overall, you see declines of mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Heartland, obviously, with two major acquisitions in uh, 2022, obviously, it's going to inflate that number. I'd like to see what that number is without the, the gains from uh, the acquisitions. But Obviously, they don't report that, so you can't dig <laughs> dig too deep. But again, it, it's not a surprise. Uh, I mean, first off, looking at the quarter over quarter ones, the only reason I did that is to see how, because we talked about the fourth quarter being weak. Well, it ex- continued into the first quarter, which is typical. You typically see quarter over quarter declines in the first quarter coming off the fourth quarter from truckload carriers. It's those year over year changes. Uh, I mean, Night Swift, an 8% decline in revenue year over year is pretty substantial uh, for a carrier of that size. And then, I mean, there's others that held up decently well. I mean, I look at Werner. Now, there's a caveat with like a company like Werner. They increased revenue 4%, but it cost them a whole lot more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like a $70 million increase to their top line, but it cost them 98 or $96 million to to gain that. So you see the operating ratio deteriorate in the quarter. Not really a surprise when you think about it. All right. Zach, what do you say when you look at the numbers? Yeah, I mean, some of these you have to really consider the mix of the business uh, involved. Because they're a little bit different. Yeah. They're a little bit different. Yeah, yeah J.B. Hunt has, I mean, they're not a pure truckload operator. I mean, they have dedicated intermodal, uh, take up the majority of their business and their revenue. Uh, but yeah, I think it's interesting when you talk about Knight Swift and, say, Warner down there and their disparate uh, <clears throat> situation. Heartland obviously is is on kind of an island here uh, a little bit, but the the idea here is that you know contract rate increases and and sustainability within contract rates has been a little bit stronger than the spot market. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the market having deteriorated, say if Warner operated heavily on the contract side, Knight Swift heavily on the contract side, they're not going to be as exposed to the downturn. So yep. these contract rates were actually uh, good. In, mm-hmm. the, in the first quarter compared to the first quarter last year. So if they just maintained a semblance of volume, yeah, uh, which a lot of that volume hasn't really, I mean, it's deteriorated significantly in the aggregated market, but if their customer base didn't deteriorate, and then you have the things like construction, automotive, uh, certain commodity flows that had a little bit of a bubble <laughs> yeah. here towards the end of the pandemic era, as I like to call it, you know, this exiting, uh, this consumption consumption boom, um, that can also play a factor. I yep. think these things are going to be a little bit, they're going to shake out the further we get into the year, yeah. these, qu- these quarterly year over year averages here. 
just because I think we're going to start to see some normalization. Yeah. And it's going to make it a little bit more comparable. Yeah. Well, the, I was just going to add that, I mean, some of these companies are coming off record. I mean, yeah. the, if you think the, boo, the the peak was really first quarter of last year, you're yeah. going up against the most difficult comps that yeah. they're arguably going to come up against. So, uh, again, it wasn't a surprise to see some of this. It's It's how coming out of it is how efficient can you be? How much of that volume is sticky? Right. And, and yeah, it's going to benefit you later to see Heartland. Uh, they have some automotive yeah. <laughs> influence in there and that's going to be, I mean, they've automotive has been booming yep. uh, for the mm-hmm. last year because of all the backlogs and the supply chain bottlenecks and them finishing, you know, vehicles that had, you know, I guess nests in them yeah, because <laughs> uh, they couldn't finish off a lot of this inventory. And that's going to be a situation where I would not expect, even though Heartland's still a great operator, mm-hmm. uh, those comps are going to get really hard yeah. moving yeah. forward. So so taking that into consideration, as we kind of look forward, both of you have read uh, Henry Byer's article, which came out yesterday. And of course, it was a very somber look at what's, what's coming up here in the near future. Let me ask you this question to kind of start things off. As we see this economic downturn coming in at this point in time, uh, do you see this economic downturn kind of, you know, leveling out the good that we had of the past few years? And now we're seeing that what this economic downturn now brings basically back in line, uh, you know, as if maybe perhaps it didn't even happen. Uh, I mean, I think kind of, but it's I mean, it's all dependent, right? I mean, yeah. How much of this is. Like how much volume, like who can take market share in terms of volume, right? Like that's the big talking point because obviously revenue ebbs and flows with volume growth because rates change. But if you can grow volume, you can grow volume in a period and revenue actually decline, right? And you saw that happen in a company like, this is granted changing kind of gears into like a brokerage, but you saw RXO volume up 6% year over year, but revenue down 23%. Yeah. it's can you adapt to these changes as they happen and help Zach's favorite word efficiency? Can you drive efficiency throughout this period that makes you better in the long run? I think that's going to be the trend to, to really pay attention to for, for carriers and really logistics companies and transportation companies moving forward. I think we've already, we've already seen the normalization of yep. demand. Like okay. it already happened. That was happening as we were exiting 2021 is when it, that actually started. Yeah. Uh, when you look at the, actually the macroeconomic figures, uh, people started spending less literally right after March of 2021. Um, and that was the last stimulus check that went out. And it started normalizing from that point forward. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that the headlines were like, in March of last year, 2022, is when everybody thought, oh, everything's normalizing now. No, it had already started that normalization process. Well, let me put it this way. Do you think that we're going to lose mm-hmm. as much revenue now as we gained back then? That That's the big question in Henry's article is mm-hmm. what does this, because we've had a year of demand destruction activity by the Fed. That is just now manifesting itself. Consumers were going about their day jobs as they would have gone. And and I think the argument can be made that the normalization was in process. It just was taking longer for the Fed and some of these macroeconomic figures to kind of recognize that. And if you look at transportation data, as we do, the market normalized almost immediately in March of 2022 to April of 2022. And we were seeing that consumption demand go back to where it was pre-pandemic immediately. Mm -hmm. And this is is kind of a point of contention between macroeconomic figures that measure in dollars and operational data that measures transaction action 
that is occurring yep. in the in the market right now. So what Henry's article is trying to say is that all of this activity to erode consumption is still working its way through the economy, which I think puts us net negative in the yeah. long run. And, you know, if the Fed continues, you know, they just did another, you know, increase. Yeah. But they're talking about reversing that trend later in the year, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> you raise rates to erode demand and fight inflation. And the second you start cutting rates, you're bringing that inflation pressure back in. It's it's. I wouldn't want to be in his spot to make these decisions, but it almost feels like, like Anthony just said, it it's a year and a half late on ev- when they started it. And you start looking at it and you just took another well, 20. Your, yeah. Our demand destruction has already occurred, really. It and was, now we're trying to kill even more or curb more demand. And it's so if we go, like you said, net negative in yeah. the long run, it's there's just a hope that the consumer just spends money and yeah, jobs, jobs data is one of the reasons that we continue this and jobs data is so slow and dirty mm-hmm. and yeah. noisy. I mean, think about the companies when they're hiring, they're posting recs out there. It's a slow thing. They decide after the fact, it's a very reactionary thing that a company does is post jobs or pull jobs down. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously looking at those numbers, <clears throat> you, you see uh, Q1 again, you can expect drops, obviously, coming off of a usual Q4 when you've got had those booms going into the holiday season. Uh, looking forward now, again, kind of taking Henry's uh, article into uh, context here. Uh, Tony, as you look at it, uh, you know, he's looking much longer term for a rebound. What do you think, seeing these numbers, are we going to continue to see numbers like this moving forward? Yeah, I mean, at least on the year-over-year level, I would think you're going to see it. Uh and this is more short term. I mean, second quarter is not going to be not going to be pretty, right? I mean, no. we're talking further declines in contract rates so far already in in April, and you factor in demand is down year over year still pretty significantly. And what's that add up to? Less revenue overall. So I mean, you're getting hit from both sides. So I think that's going to be a trend you'll see at least in the second quarter. You're going to see those year over year numbers take a hit. You saw you said uh, long, not too long ago, possibly Q3, Q4. Mm-hmm. Is that still the way? Do you see uh, still see recovery coming sooner or now later? I think we're, we're an easier comp in Q3, yeah. Q, Q4. I don't think that I see any economic recovery, uh, you know, and that's an Anthony Smith question, not me. But I, it's, it's just really hard to make a case for things, uh, you know, returning on the consumption level. It's going to be an interesting next year, at least, folks. So uh, stay tuned, of course. Guys, thanks so much for joining me here on this uh, roundtable. Let's move it back over to Kaylee for our last check of headlines. <laughs> 